Joshua chapter 1 this morning. Joshua chapter 1. If you'll turn uh, in your Bibles with me there, Joshua chapter 1. We begin uh, with verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all of this people in the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I will give to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have strong success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come hungry today. And Lord, we ask that you feed us. Lord, we come shaky on days like today. And we ask that you strengthen us. Sometimes we even come lonely, and we ask that you would comfort us this morning. Lord, may we lean into you, into your promises, to your word, and to your power. We pray these things in your name. Amen. We are continuing in our sermon series, The Promises of God, because we believe that the promises of God are a remedy for a broken spirit, and we are living in a season of broken spirits. It is really, really hard. So what is the promise this morning that we look at? The promise is the one that we heard, and you amened at the end. It's Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Let's read it together. You ready? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, how great is that? What an incredible word. Just as we read it the first time, as we read it the second time, it just kind of wells up inside of us and strengthens us because we need to hear it so badly. Does anyone need a word of encouragement today? Does anyone need a word about fear today? Now, some folks pointed out, this is last night's map. That's not today's map. But, I mean, is that not the most 2020 thing that you've ever seen in your life? Like, we shouldn't have asked what's next. We, we, we should not have wondered what on earth could happen next. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, 
Do not have fear. Fear may be the word for 2020. We can laugh about it. We can chuckle about it. But, but it probably is the word that, that is at least the most talked about word. Sometimes we talk about other people's fears. Sometimes we go around and say, well, they're afraid or you're afraid. But I think a lot of times that might be covering up the truth that says, I'm afraid. We all have different fears, don't we? Man, if, if, I were to, if we had time this morning, I could pull up a list of like the 100 greatest fears or the, the 100 animals that people are most afraid of. And what we could do is we could read it off the list. And, and if you're afraid of that item, then you would just stand up and we would identify it. And we, 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 you know, we, we'd bring in tigers. How many people are afraid of tigers? If you're from Alabama, you'd stand up. Uh, see what I did there? <laughs> Oh, man. You know what? I've been your pastor for a year and a half, and that's the first time I stepped in that. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, uh, but there we, but there. <laughs> I'm afraid of bad responses to illustrations. That's what I'm afraid of. Uh, and so we would make the list, and we would stand up, and the thing is, what would happen is that we would look at it. You're afraid of that? That's silly for you to be afraid of that. And then we'd stand up for our thing, and, and, and people would look at us and say, we're silly for being afraid of the things that we're standing up for. Sometimes the truth is, is that our fears can be irrational. But sometimes I look at people and say, your courage is irrational. See a guy walking down the street with his boa constrictor around his neck. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That's crazy. That's my fear, and it's your pet. That doesn't make sense at all. Not too long ago, uh, I had a small procedure on, on the side of my face, and part of that procedure was I had to get a shot right there in the, the, the side of my face. And as the nurse was trying to give me that shot, she says, you keep scooching away. Well, yeah, you're trying to give me a shot. What would be irrational is if I scooched towards you when you were trying to do that. We all have our, our fears. We all have our places that, that hold us back. But let's go back to what the word is. Go back to what the verse here that we looks at in, in, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says, wherever you go. It's basically they saying the same thing everywhere that you go. And maybe in this week, we could also say, wherever those storms go, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. These words are so good, they are so strong. The promise of God is that wherever you go, he is with you. Let's unpack that for a few minutes this morning if we can. I want you to be able to really take this home with you. And so one of the things that I want you to know is that I want you to know that this is a promise for the hardest places. This is a promise for the hardest places. There's two signals of that here in the word this morning. The first one, you might not have noticed it right away, but it's in verse 4. When he begins to describe the geography of the promise, it begins in verse 4 that says, From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the Euphrates, and all the way to the setting of the sun. So there's a part of that that when you look at that, it is simply geographical markers. It is a land 
land deed that says, this is the land that I'm giving you. But at the same time, I want you to notice that the statement says, the promises of God begin here from the wilderness. I'm going to give you all of these things, but the promises start right here. And, the, and the, the Israelites might have looked at that and said, boy, it doesn't seem like the promises are about to come. We're standing right here in the wilderness. There's nothing good. We've been here for 40 years. We have been stuck. We have been just kind of walking around in circles. We have been waiting for the good news to come, and we are still in the same place we've been the whole time. But God says, let the promises start right here. They start from the wilderness, right here in the desert. It begins right now. I want you to notice that there's a change of verb tense here in this chapter. Because all the time that God speaks to Moses, he says, I will give you this land. But in Joshua chapter 1, I want you to notice, he says, the land that I am giving you, it's happening it's underway. It has already begun. You may be standing in the wilderness, but the movement of God, the promises of God are already underway. I will give you, but now he says, I am giving it to you. Your feet may be standing in the sand of the wilderness, but God is at work right now. In this, about the hardest place, it opens up here. In verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's significant grief. I want you to know that all of the people of Israel, Moses is the only leader that they've ever known. I want you to know that Moses is the person who's responsible for moving them out of Egypt when they had no vision of freedom. Moses is the one that came and made that happen. Moses is the one that part of the Red Sea. Moses is the one that, that, that God used to do all of the miracles. Moses is the one that, that stood there and brought water out of the rock. Moses is the one that did all of those things. Sometimes we talk about somebody being not as important as they think. We say, well, it's not like they came down the mountain with the tablets. Well, Moses did come down the mountain with the tablets. And he's dead. He's gone. What do we do next? So I want you to know that when God begins to pour these promises into Joshua, they are in a really hard place, still stuck in the wilderness. Not even Moses was able to get them out of that. And now Moses is gone. How are they going to make it? How is it that they can know that there's hope? How can they know that there's encouragement? The verse tells us, that be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And if you'll make a note inside of your Bible there to, Gen to Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, I want you to hear this. As, the, as Moses stands before God at the burning bush, Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? And God said, But I will be with you. God gives to Joshua, God gives to this next generation the same promise that he gave to the last generation. He says, I will be with you. It's a promise 
for us to record and to keep and to never forget because it shows up in even the hardest places. I'll also tell you, though, that this is a promise that we need to record because it is a promise for every place. It is a promise for every place. What we see here is that the land here in Joshua chapter 1, it tells us that the land that I've promised to Moses. Every other time that we see this, it's the land that was promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. It's the land that was promised to Joseph. But now we take a look at this and say, the land that was promised to Moses, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, all of those folks are dead. They're gone. But here's what you need to know. The promise giver is not dead. You see, the one who gave those promises is still alive and well. And so this has not been a story of Abraham. It's not dead. You see, the one who gave those promises is still alive and well. And so this has not been a story of Abraham. It's not been a story of Isaac. It's not been a story of Jacob. It's not the story of Joseph. It's not even the story of Moses. And it won't be the story of Joshua. It is the story of God. And he is the one who will complete these promises because God didn't die. He is eternal. And I want you to know that in your circumstances, in your wilderness, in your week, whatever it is that you're going through, I want you to know that God is alive in your life today. He is alive. He is alive and accessible to you. And, and he is at work inside of your life because God is not just the God of the Old Testament. He's not just the God of the New Testament. He's not just the God of the past, but he is the God of the right now because he is the living God who is alive. You see, this is a promise for every place because we have a living God. I also want you to see here, this is one of my favorite images in all of Scripture. It's in verse 3. Are you ready? You'll want to mark this one down as well. He says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I'll give to you. Now imagine if God gave this promise to a six-year-old. This is the reaction of the six-year-old. You mean like here? And God would say yes. Well, how about here? And God would say yes. How about here? And God would say yes. How about here? And God would say yes. There's a part of us, just like we talked about last week, we need to be more like six-year-olds. And to be able to walk across the land and say here and God says yes here and here and here and here until we're walking around the promised land like we're Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire dancing all over the place making claim to the promises and shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life because the Lord your God is with you and he will complete the promises that he gave to you and the promise is that wherever you put your foot down inside of that land deed, he will give to you. Your reach will not be able, your imagination will not be able to exceed what God wants to do inside of your life. You see, we are reminded that we should not be frightened, that we should not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you 
wherever it is that you go. It's a promise for the hardest place. It's the promise for every place. But, but I want you to listen with me as well here this morning. It's a promise from sacred space. It's a promise from sacred space. Now, now there's a little bit of a challenge to us as we go through this sermon series about the promises of God. Because some of the promises of God are blanket statements that are for everyone. In fact, the promise that we looked at last week is that God is attentive to your life and cares about your life. God sees your vulnerability. God wants you to have access to him. That is a promise for every single person who has ever drawn a breath. But there are other promises that are either conditional or restricted to people who have a relationship with him. As we take a look at this passage of Scripture, this is a passage of Scripture that is devoted to folks who follow the direction that he gives to them. You see, in the middle of this, he says that I will give you all of this land. Be strong and courageous. He says in verse 7, only be strong and be very courageous, being careful according to, to do all that is according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever it is that you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Now you see, we have to hear that there's two sides to this. There is the promise that God gives us, and the word that God gives to us. And what he calls on us to do is if we want to live out those promises, if we want to experience those promises, then we need to anchor our lives into his word. You see, these are promises that are given and promises that are claimed. You see, the land would be given to them only as they put their foot down, only as they stepped into it. If they stood where they were inside of the wilderness, they never would have claimed a single piece of territory. And what we find out is that there are times in the future where they don't take all the steps that they need to, and they did not own all of the land that they were supposed to. And so this is a promise given, but these are also promises that must be claimed. See, we need to anchor our life in the Word. We need to anchor our lives as we see the word so that we are discovering the patterns, the priorities, and the purpose of Jesus in everything that we do. And we begin to meditate on those things. We begin to chew on those things. We let those things shower over us and so that we just intake that word and try to understand it and live it and apply it to our lives. Now, this conditional promise it can get a little bit confusing because we have a tendency to say, I bet you there's a point system. That if I'll be obedient this many times, then I get this many promises. And in fact, that, that kind of runs so close to our heart that that's just our, our natural reaction. That if I want better from God, that, that I have to be more obedient in these places. And we come to the place where we begin to see it as a point system where we score these things. But, but it's not that way at all. 
You see, it is taking God at his word. That's the steps that we take. I believe God in his word. I believe God in the law. And then I discover and experience the promises of God. You see, the word and the promise, they both take us back to him. If we kind of follow the, the breadcrumbs of the promises, we find God. If we follow the breadcrumbs of the word of God, we find him. They're both in the same places. As we live the word, we find the promises. But they're all wrapped up in the presence of God. When I was a kid, we used to play a lot of backyard football. A lot of times we'd play in Billy Hartwell's uh, backyard, and sometimes his dad would come out and uh, throw the football around with us. And the game's kind of ramped up a little bit when his dad came out, and we had a few more kids out there in the backyard. And so I remember one time uh, he told me that I needed to guard somebody. I, I needed to cover somebody. And when he told me, he says, I need you to be on him like white on rice. Well, it didn't really work because I spent the next five minutes trying to figure out what white on rice meant, and the guy just ran right past me. Uh, and so I, but then I'm like, wait a minute. The white is the rice. You, you can't separate them at all. And so what, what I would tell you is that the promises are the white and the word is the rice. You, you can't separate them at all. They're the same Thing. And so here he is. Here is the promise that we gain by faith, by living out the very word of God. How do we apply this in our lives today? We begin by finding rest in a God who's even stronger than the hurricanes. We begin in finding rest in a God that's bigger than the virus. We begin by finding rest in a God who's bigger than economic uncertainty. We begin by finding rest in a God who's beyond relational disruptions. And we know that whether we find ourselves in the wilderness in this moment, whether we're experiencing loss, whether we are hopeless, that our God will be with us wherever we go. And that, that he will be with us no matter what circumstances surround us because no man can stand against us. So rest this week. Rest this week. Now, that's not easy to do in this week, is it? But hear this, your God is bigger than anything else that is out there. Own that, claim that. Write out the beginning of every day, write out Joshua 1.9. Just put that in front of you and say, this is what I know for this day. Rest in a God who's bigger than all of those things. And that's kind of the second part as well. What I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to use the word to find the promise giver. That's part of what I mean by write out Joshua 1.9. But, but it also just means spend time in the word this week. If you want to find the God of the promises, you find him through the word 
of God. And so I would encourage you to find a way in this week to be consuming the word, whether you're listening to it through an app, whether you're reading it on an app, whether you set aside time at lunch and pull out your Bible, whatever it may be, would you find time in the word because that is the promise giver. Whether you want to read through the Gospel of John, whether you want to read a couple of Psalms every day, whether you want to read the Epistle of Ephesians, just find a spot in your Bible and read. Read and hear the Word of God. And then I would also tell you that maybe the strong and courageous thing that you need to do this morning is to give your life to Christ, to give your life to Him, to take a step that, that maybe you don't know what that looks like or what that feels like. But you've never begun a personal relationship with him before. Man, I'm going to be in the back uh, area there. I would love to talk to you about that, pray with you about that. We'll have time to have a conversation together uh, there. But if there's a step of faith, whether it's joining this church uh, or whatever it may be, that we want to pray together and I want to be available to help you with that. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do ask for your movement and your leadership and direction in life. Lord, in this week, Lord, you preordain for us to have a message about fear and courage and strength. Lord, I pray that you would show us the places in our life where this word is supposed to be anchored. We pray this in your name.